Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast, the podcast that has all the interviews, reviews, and geek news that is fit to print or podcast about. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and follow the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn via Alexa, and you can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com. Make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also youtube.com slash abouttoreview if you want to support the show. You can click on the Amazon wishlist in the description. You can also click on the support tab on the website abouttoreview.com. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about four different movies that are currently in, actually no, three movies that are in theaters. Mm-hmm. One that was part of a, the Translations Transgender Film Festival. Uh, yeah, it is going to be an interesting episode. So a bunch of geek news, as well as three new movie reviews. Joining me on today's episode, bright and early on bright. a Sunday morning on Mother's Day. Bright and Day, early on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, is Tim Hall. Wait, can spinning. you turn my head a little bit on my headphones? <laughs> of me. course, of course. Anything for you. Thank you. There you go. That's That's much better. <laughs> that's much better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Tim Hall, the People's Critic. Uh, yeah. Welcome on this on this very early Sunday morning on Mother's Day. An early Mother's Day morning. Uh, shout out to uh, all the mothers yes, out there. Yes, happy Mother's Day to you all. So, uh, yeah. So that is what we're going to be talking about on this week's episode. Before we get into the geek news and the movies, which are going to be... I forgot to say which ones they're going to be. That's fine. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so that will be on this episode. So we'll cut to the theme song created by Damon Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Um, so uh, that was a beautiful rendition of the theme song i might not even put the theme song in this week humming it uh because that was just that was so spot on i'm trying uh so the first bit of geek news actually uh yeah the movies we're going to be talking about what are we talking about so the three movies that are in that are going to be in theaters i should say only actually one of them is we saw one two of them are Two of them, yeah, two of them are. One of them we saw super early, which was right. kind of a surprise. I was, I was glad they did that. So, Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. Breaking In with Gabrielle Union, yes. uh, Life of the Party with mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy, and then the closing night film of Translations, which was the 13th annual transgender film festival that I attended. Uh, the film was Close Knit. Mm-hmm. So, I will be talking about uh, that one. One also thing right off the top of the show so Renton City Comic Con, okay. one of the other like sixty cons mm-hmm. that we have here in the Seattle area every year with anime conventions, comic book conventions, mm-hmm. it gets crazy. Uh, but Renton City Comic Con is doing their first awards. Okay, so they're doing the first annual Geek Awards. Mm-hmm. So there will be a link in the description of this episode, and you can follow that link and vote for this podcast. The About to Review podcast. There are actually three questions 
uh, that you can vote for, for this podcast, I should say. What is really unique about this geek award is that you can nominate prop makers, Mm -hmm. you can nominate cosplayers, like this is not just, what is your favorite TV show, what... Like, this is truly centered on Pacific Northwest geeks. Okay. So, it is really cool. So, question uh, eight on that questionnaire was favorite Northwest podcast. Okay. I highly recommend writing in the About to Review podcast. Uh, Question nine is please nominate a geek of the year for the Northwest. Wow. That would be kind of crazy. It's a heavy title. It is. Uh Hopefully you get a sash and a scepter. Something. A crown. Uh, A gauntlet would be very apropos. No stones. Uh, No stones. Uh, So yeah, if you can nominate uh, the Geek of the Year for the Northwest. Uh, So yeah, you can put me, you can put that guy named John from the About Trivia podcast. And then question 10 is just basically where do you consume your geekdom information from? Right. So podcast, GeekWire, conventions, websites. Okay. Uh, You can put About Trivia podcast on there as well. So there will be a link in the description of this episode for that and if you wanted to vote that would be great voting basically started now and mm-hmm. goes until september okay they have not let me know if you can vote once per day or once total okay still working on the details because this contest just does this started. link work it does now okay uh yeah when they first put out there like did not work everybody put it and so everybody clicked on it and it was like you already took the survey yeah and all of us were like no i really did not so yes now it works it is live so, yeah, that would be great if uh, if you guys could vote for the About to so Podcast. So, if what you're saying is if you listen to this podcast and mm-hmm. enjoy all of this free content, yes, take a couple of minutes to go vote. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it is super simple, and you not even a couple of minutes. It takes like a minute. Maybe. Yeah, and if the, I mean, since this is very Northwest focused, if some of the categories if you are not familiar with, but it's like nominate your favorite prop maker, you can just kind of skip that. It is it, you can go forward yeah. <laughs> just voting for the things that you know. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to put that out there, and yeah, because thank you guys for listening for all of these episodes, and that would be great if, uh, yeah, get a little nomination there. So the first bit of geek news. So Rick and Morty, which had been kind of on hiatus for a while, and people are like, is it coming back? What is happening? Uh, turns out one of the reasons that it was kind of not necessarily being delayed, the conversation that they were having yeah, it turns out they got renewed for 70 episodes. Right. That is insane. Do we know if all 70 episodes are going to be on television? Ooh. Because they might not. That would, I mean, hmm. Why not? There's an option if you want to stream it. That's True. Fine. If they want to open a streaming platform, that would make sense. To, but, the, to, I mean, the deal is to, with Cartoon Network. So, that, I mean, that's they could fine. <laughs> Yeah, the, they can still option them like this is going to be content that's streamed only blank. Interesting. My concern with, doesn't necessarily have to be on television because that that makes it sound crazy. Yeah. Well, that is the thing is like <clears throat> no shows have gotten a seventy episode treatment. No. In a long time. No. It's like a lot. this is not back in the day when you would get renewed for like four mm-hmm. seasons at a time. Right. So my concern though is one of the amazing things that South Park mm-hmm. does is everything is fresh. Everything is current, mm-hmm. but that is kind of the genre or the nature of that show. 70 episodes in animation, you are not going to see some of these episodes that they are making and dubbing and everything for a long time. Well, we don't know if they're doing 70 right now. I've, well, got, yeah, yeah. I've got the option to do 70 episodes. Fine. So however long that takes. So if they could do like, you know, 15 episode seasons or 
one I, I don't think that, that seasons even have to change i've contracted to do 70 of these right that's that's essentially what they're saying not that we're going to do 70 right now and they're all going to be out of context and it won't be topical two years from now right i don't think that's what it is i think it's just they get to do 70 episodes but i also am not sure if that means all 70 will be on television because streaming is where the content is at. that does make a lot of sense because if they were like okay the first two seasons however many you have right. 10 episodes 15 mm-hmm. episodes are going to be on cartoon network the next however many either they might launch their own stream not they will not launch their own streaming service that would be crazy but they could put a part on the website be like exclusive rick and morty right. things you pay a couple dollars a month or something listen if, if i was either wow. s- trying to sell my content or create my own content on the website or whatever i would definitely use rick and morty as the big carrot to get people yeah. to go if it yeah. was even a, an ex- exclusive deal with netflix be like netflix is exclusively streaming Ooh. Rick Seasons and Morty X through X yeah hmm and you know that's 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 a nice money graph for Netflix that's way yeah. more streams way more content uh yeah considering the numbers that they put out mm-hmm. that Rick and Rick and Morty put out for yeah. the millennial demographic nobody is touching yeah. not even millennial for everybody that the people yeah. I know who love it are millennials well the, the tart like when they talked about it in the article like yeah. the 25 to yeah. I think 35 yeah. age range like it just shatters all of yeah. those. They records. have, they have a really strong core fan base that like yes. that love it, and so that's easy to put out for them. I would do that. I wouldn't necessarily put all whatever on television. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm streaming. Look, look at Tim Hall, people's critic. Yeah, just it, it makes. And I, not that I'm some genius. It just that's where we're headed, mm-hmm. and it would make sense if your Cartoon Network to do that or use that as a big piece. To sort of be sort of the the gateway drug to wherever else you're trying to push next. Whatever other idea you have, something that's fresh and new, you know, here's Rick and Morty. But following that up is another thing that you can watch. Especially with with Netflix, like BoJack Horseman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was a Netflix original. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I would do. We'll see. But I'm happy it's getting 70. I'm happy it's back. It's... It's one of the smart, funny shows. You know, I I never really got into it except for I was with uh, our friend Jessica. Shout out to I, I was going to say, shocking. I was with Jessica. I was like, if you had said anybody other than and, Jess, I would be like, really? I was like, with her at Emerald City Comic Con. She bought some Rick and Morty t-shirts. And I was like, you know, let me... She clearly was like into it. And her <laughs> and the guy selling the t-shirts were talking briefly about some of the episodes. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I need to kind of watch it. So I went home and I just like watched all of them mm-hmm. and was like oh i get why she loves this show yeah it's pretty great and pretty and and really smart very very smart and funny yeah, yeah. cool my kind of humor so yeah that is going to be pretty crazy i'm interested to see kind of over the next few months kind of how that shakes out mm-hmm. and if they do announce anything else any other follow-up to that story so but yeah so far contracted for 70 episodes yeah uh the next bit of news that i am super excited about so infidel Yes. Is this comic that has only actually as of this episode, when it drops, issue number three is hitting newsstands. Uh the uh, newsstands, geez, how old am I? Nineteen fifty. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember Come actually, get your infidel. <laughs> for a with, quarter. With a little uh, little Lord Fauntleroy yeah. uh, you know, a little hat, uh Christian Bale and Newsies and Rest. Wow. Uh on May 16th, it will be hitting comic book stores okay. and anywhere you can pick up comic books. So Infidel number three, this comic book series is super new. 
Like, issue number three just came out. I interviewed Pornsack Pichette Shote at Emerald City Comic Con after the image panel before issue one had even come out. Right. We were all sitting there at this image panel, and as he is talking about the story of a Muslim family and her multi-ethnic neighbors live in this apartment building that is haunted by ghosts who feed off of xenophobia, mm-hmm. Jess and I immediately looked at each other and we were like, uh, yes. Yeah. What, like, whenever that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, so after the panel, I was like, I would love to interview you. So you can find that interview on my YouTube channel and on the podcast feed. But the big news having to do with Infidel, after only two issues, it got picked up by TriStar and Michael Sugar and his production company, Sugar 23. Okay. One of the reasons that is a big deal, out of the many reasons it is a big deal, Michael Sugar was a producer for Spotlight, which won an Oscar. But we don't know what that means. We do not like all we know is we that, that it, all we know is that it has some pedigree. <laughs> it is not like it is, you know. We still don't know what that means. I but that it is incredibly exciting that it it's is exciting, yes, yes. But we still don't know what that means. Yeah. To say I was I produced it. Okay. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> it means that he had some decisions that, know, that, that as a producer, yeah. I mean, you give them money to make good decisions. Come on now. So you know they they hand out producer credits like free mixtapes to people. <laughs> so I don't know what that, I'm I'm excited. But I, I, I don't know. I, what I that imagine means. Ho- would a bunch of producers standing there hitting yeah. hitting their business cards together to get your attention. You, you'll be surprised which Hollywood stars that you know are uh, have producer credits for content. You're like you producer in that, right? It could be. Are anything. you producering that? Uh, no, are you a producer in in that? <laughs> okay. Uh, you never know what it means. I'm excited, but that it, it's just the word people throw around. Yeah. Producer. So, I mean, I'm excited because, again, it has some pedigree behind it. And that is that is just amazing does because it, really? it does. I don't know if it does. I really we don't know if it does. It, I, it can. It could. It should. It has, a, it has a name attached to it, and that name also has an Oscar. That, so, we know. That the is, name <laughs> attached to it has an Oscar. <laughs> that, that much is... That much is true. Factual. Uh, but one of the great quotes that... Uh, Pornsack and Aaron Campbell. Yeah. So, I mean, shout out to the whole Infidel team because yeah. it is a small group. Pornsack, Pichet showed Aaron Campbell, Jose, Jose Villarubia, mm-hmm. like three guys who just created this wow. amazing property. Good for them. So, uh, Pornsack and Aaron Campbell gave a quote, and this is on Hollywood Reporter. The link will be in the description of the episode. He said, every aspect of creating Infidel came from lay- laying bare our very personal fears regarding the times we're in. Mm. The fact that it struck a chord at all, much less been subject to such competition to adapt it, is enormously flattering. Yeah. Because, yeah, being people of color, being Mm -hmm. people who have gone through a bunch of stuff, like, this is a story that is very of the time and very personal. So, huge shout-out to to those guys. Congrats Uh, to them. But, you know, more so than the content itself, it's, you know, we've talked about this before, it's... it the content having a platform for it to be successful mm-hmm. and for it to grow is is way more important than someone actually deciding to adapt it right, right. you can adapt it mm-hmm. and not have a great place for it to sort of blossom and it'd be crap right if i have a great if i want to build this amazing tree and the seeds are great and i water it great but it's not in a place where it can fully grow and blossom then it just dies there mm-hmm. um, so i'm hoping that infidel is is at a place where 
it can grow and it's surrounded by people not just porn sack and other people mm-hmm. but surrounded by a team of people who believe in that vision and want to see it be something great right because the walking dead doesn't work on network television neither it, does it did for a while but no, no, no yeah. not network it worked on cable, oh, oh gotcha but gotcha. it doesn't work on network Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Preacher doesn't work on network television. <laughs> right. Barry doesn't work on I love Barry on HBO. Barry you have, does yeah, not Yeah, you've been really work. helping that show up. I, it's I great, watch it. But okay. it doesn't work on network television. Right. Game of Thrones doesn't work on network television. Mm-hmm. So, so you need to find the right, not just the right find people. Reveal. Yeah, but the right you've gotta find place. It. Like, I don't know if Stranger Things happens on network television. No. Right? So you've got to find the right people and you've got to find the right place for it to work. And Infidel is such a specific story. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine any other... Could you imagine any other studio other than Marvel Studios doing Black Panther, right? Black Panther had to be, not only was it the time that was necessary, mm-hmm. but it had to be at the right place to allow for all those voices to be heard and, mm-hmm. to, and to sort of mold and make this story. So as specific as Infidel is about people of color and our experiences, it needs to be a place where they're going to let that happen. Yeah. Right, you don't want a bunch of notes from the studio being like, "Oh, that's a little too racist," or "That's a little too." Oh, uh, I don't know if that would happen. You, you, you realize right. the ghost is feeding right. off of that racism. But yeah, think, well, think about sure. it. Right, we know that to be true, mm-hmm. but they're adapting it so they can do whatever they want. If I buy the rights to it, I can spin it around. I can change the heroes around. I can, mm-hmm. I can swap races. I can do whatever. It reminds me of Selma, and uh, Ava got a lot of flack for not having a quote unquote white savior in the film. People hated the way she treated LBJ. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Oh, I, I remember it. Just but, man, but that's not the story she was telling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine these people who. Com- were completely probably well-meaning mm-hmm. and wanting to make this oh i'm making a movie about selma and it's this great story and they feel like they're doing a good thing and it's super diverse but when right. it comes to the actual storytelling piece of it they're not on board with that right because mm-hmm. outside of creators there's a creative process and people who create right but outside of that there are plenty of people who are in it because this is a job for them this isn't like they're not giving you money for some specialized art project mm-hmm. like they want they want to turn a profit. Yeah, I was like, they're giving you money so they can make a thing. Yeah. And so yeah. because of that, you have a lot of different hands in the pot mm-hmm. who feel like certain things aren't marketable, certain things are marketable, and if it's gonna have a reach. Yeah. So well, I hope it succeeds because it's it's a really cool story. Yeah. I mean, and again, like, and this is not even something where they had this plan to do thirty issues. This right. is a five issue arc. Yeah. So beginning, middle, end, and again, like, you know, who knows what will happen after those five. Right. But the fact that two issues in, that they're getting this opportunity. Right. Incredible. It's good. So, good for them. Yeah. I, hope, I hope it. it's not something that we hear of and we never hear of again. I hope it's, it continues. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, go back and listen to that episode uh, with Porn Tech. He is a really, really great guy. Mm-hmm. He and Aaron and Jose. So uh, next thing. So, Wonder Woman 2. Yes. One of the only DC properties that I actually think, that I actually have faith in. Yeah. Uh, the thing they should have built their universe around. They really should have. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they still haven't. Nope. Uh, no, 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 they have not. Hey, remember that time that Aquaman comes out this year and we God, still have not, not seen a, a trailer? trailer, not a... Nothing. <laughs> we have only seen, I think, three or four production stills. And it like they could be Jason Momoa in anything. Anything. It's like a shirtless Jason Momoa in like really tight leather pants. And him like in a submarine, which yeah. they dropped that like six months yeah. ago. Yeah. Nothing since then. Are you concerned? <laughs> of Aquaman? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I hope the trailer drops and it's, um, and it's amazing. And it's like mind blowing. 
because I like James Wan. I think he's absolutely super creative yeah. and a, a bit of a visionary when it comes to action. Uh, yeah, I like, I like Momoa. I like how diverse the cast is. Yeah, um, it, it's super diverse. I I hope they do what Black Panther did, which was like give every single person a character poster. Mm-hmm. That which and they also didn't do with Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> but also, not just give them a character poster. Give them a character in the movie that we actually can relate to, and that there's a path, oh, they probably want trajectory. Do that. That's too much. They won't do that. <laughs> yeah. At least give me a character poster. At least highlight these. At least like up there highlight how diverse your cast yeah. is and how dope it is and leave it at that. and let people be drawn to that the fact that we are going to get black manta ocean master mm-hmm. these things that like again growing up reading things mm-hmm. reading these not a chance in the world that i think yeah. that we would actually be seeing it we still have not seen it because still we still seen have not and I, it can't be like all the special effects like you can give us something. no uh, and again like black manta like he has a giant stingray helmet right Give, give us a picture of him in costume holding the helmet at his side. Yeah. Show us something. Something. And so far, we've only seen Jason Momoa, a uh, Mira. Picture. Yeah, Mira. Um, them like walking out of the water or something on a beach. And that is... Yeah. And the movie comes out in like six months. <laughs> it's on October. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's not good. No. So anyway, on to the good news though, yeah. which is Wonder Woman 2, uh, which starts filming uh, next year or probably actually late this year, Patty Jenkins officially signed on. Right. Uh, that was something where, again, they... You were, could not bring her back. Oh, oh no. I mean, but they were, that was the thing. Is like, after the first one, and it blew up, it has made almost 900 million worldwide. Yeah. Huge success. And she was not immediately given a contract. Or she was, and they were I, yeah, like... I don't blame DC for that. They probably... She's probably, like, smart enough to know, like, you need me for this movie. She just kind of was just waiting. And also there was that thing where, where Gal was like she wasn't doing any more movies if they were still doing work with Brett Ratner's True. company. Yeah. Which, with, uh, which, Weinstein, was, yeah. which was ballsy. She was like, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. I'm not doing any more movies until you guys sever ties. And mm-hmm. you you look at her and you say this is one of our most successful movies. If we're still going to so, try to like get money out of this thing, like we definitely need her. We can't recast her. We can recast no. Batman. Yeah. Can't recast her. No. So it took a long time for things to finally get yeah. kind of shaken out. But yeah, Patty Jenkins officially signed on. As of right now, they're reporting that she is getting $9 million to direct. Worth every penny. Worth every penny. Still not enough money. When you look at what some of the men in Hollywood are getting, right. first-time directors for like right. an indie movie right. or an indie adaptation, they're getting 20 30 And you were like, really? First-time directors for indie movies? Well, I'm saying like, uh, what was the movie... Um, uh, not indie, not, not like indie Sith movies, but right. like smaller movies, still from a major production company. But like, first time directors are getting a bunch of money, and here you have Patty Jenkins coming back for a sequel yeah. and getting nine. Yeah. But compare that to what was reported; she was only getting less than three for the first Wonder Woman, and it made <laughs> nine hundred. But that's million. true for a lot of these people in these projects. The first time out, like how much Thor didn't make a lot of money in the first Thor movie, like right. making pennies. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first time out, but you get that's the power of renegotiation. That's mm-hmm. the power of making a hit. You get to sit back at the table. Like I wonder what Cooler's gonna get for the next Black Panther. Oof. Or what Chad was gonna get. Or what the, I wonder what they're all gonna get. It's probably well, a I much think Chadwick, higher number. I than, think they're still on because I think Chadwick did assign a four movie deal. Right. So Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers one and two. Right. So the next one is the is the, Oh yeah, yeah. So it's the big re up. Good for him. Oof. Good yeah, for that him. That is gonna be or, 
and here's what, what would suck, but I doubt Marvel would do this. DC would do this. If he was like, here is my number, and they're like, no, you nope, get, you too much, and then you they would be like, uh, Shuri, you're not Black Panther, nah. which I think we still could still happen. Get, we might still get in the next uh, movie. Which I, wait, did Shuri? No, we don't, we never saw her. She, she like fell off the thing. That's a lot yeah, too yeah. saw her. Mm-hmm. So I could see some time passing in the movie and Shuri showing up in a white Panther suit. Why would she? No, she wore in the comics. She wore the same one. She yeah. had a little white, like a fur cape yeah, type thing, like, like a little yeah. shawl. Yeah. But, but yeah, so Patty Jenkins officially signed on. Wonder Woman two making money. Good for Patty Jenkins. Yeah, happy good, for her. Good for that movie. And like, this movie takes place in the eighties. Yep, in the eighties. Uh, still not connecting, huh? No, no. Why not a present <laughs> movie? No, because then they would have to try and have it make sense. Because <laughs> imagine that so you're writing this. You're writing a story that takes place sometime in between the first Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and. Batman versus Superman. And keep in mind, even though she was around in World War One, a lot of stuff in World War One mm-hmm. is still getting declassified. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. You're like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. This is the eighties. Right. So we we're supposed to believe that in Superman return or not Superman returns. Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman and all of these things that Wonder Woman shows up and this is kind of the first thing, but she was around not only in World War Two, but in the how are you going to hide yeah. a superhero like uh, Wonder Woman, Amazonian in woman with a shield and a sword, like, fighting crime? And people seem surprised to see her. Oh, who's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah they. It's a mess. Absolute mess. mess. It could be a current. <laughs> it could, but again, then they have to try and have it make sense. Okay. So <laughs> talking to my friend Wendy yesterday, uh-huh. right? she's a, she's a big DC fan. We were talking about how would you fix this thing that's DC yep. those are this lump of crap in your lap and they say <laughs> yeah. John can, uh-huh. can you fix this so uh-huh. what we came up with I thought was an interesting idea right you need a flash movie yep so you do you do um, instead of doing flashpoint mm-hmm. through the speed force flash travels to earth 2 yep where things are different and he's escaping earth to try to fix things because dark side has come mm-hmm. and destroyed earth 1 yeah so now on earth 2 Everything is reset, and not, and not only reset, it is back to the kind of the seventies versions yeah. or the eighties versions where things still kind of made sense, and not it's, this like dark. It's current, but it's, it's all it's current time. Yeah, yeah. I just meant the tone. Yeah. And so the Flash understands what's happening, so he's mm-hmm. pulling together the Justice League, which includes Green Lantern yep. and all his other people, to fight Darkseid before he shows up at Earth Two. Mm-hmm. That can get you like six, seven movies. Yes, easy. Yeah. He goes to find Cyborg. He's doing all these people. And then he's he's sort of... You can have some fun team-up movies. Yeah. Flash is sort of the connecting point between all these other characters. Yep. And he brings everyone together. Which is what and they you can, do. You can, you can change the Batman if you want to. Yeah. You can you can keep Superman the Jeffrey same. Dean Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is what the Flareoverse yeah. on CW. Yeah. Flash was the kind of linchpin to the other Earths and the multi-dimension yeah. and like all of that mm-hmm. stuff. You can do something without doing Flashpoint. Yeah, just like how many Crisis on Multiple Earths. Right. Crisis, crisis on, on yeah. Infinite Earths. Right. DC just announced they're doing a new Crisis next year. And it was yeah. like, you literally just rebooted everything yeah. twice in the past three years. Yeah, you could call it Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earth. That could be the big, <sighs> that would they, be the big culmination of yep. all these movies is this big battle with Darkseid. I would lose my mind if they did Christ they won't though of course not but yeah but that was like that. oh that's how you could fix it it would make sense yeah it would be super interesting you can, you can keep Gal on mm-hmm. you can keep whoever on you want to keep you can swipe out people if you want to yeah. uh, but you can tell a very interesting story you can bring in Booster Gold you can bring in all kind of people yeah 
Yeah, that won't happen. If though. only. If only. You can bring in Green Arrow. You can do all of that. You can do all of that. I just, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it blows my mind to see one studio, comic book based studio, prospering like nothing we've ever seen, and a studio not taking any direction and being like, so, okay. So they took their time. They took 10 years right. to build this universe only to effectively destroy yeah. it and rebuild it. Yeah, we're going to do it in one. Yeah. But this idea <laughs> that um, you could do it quicker. And I mean, Marvel, not only ha- are they making money over the last 10 years mm-hmm. with these films, and everything hasn't been a smash hit, no. but they've con- they've been consistent with making profits off these movies. And they've been layering stories. Yeah. Even the ones like Thor the Dark World. Not that great, but we talked about it. It brought in the ether, yeah. you know. It Odin died, yeah. you know. So like it, it was there were a little, little more Loki, little parts of it that yeah. still tied it. They still had a plan, <laughs> still a plan, still a plan. But you know, hey, <laughs> yeah. So but, but this, gosh, hopefully they've learned and they they really try to use this Wonder Woman movie, Wonder Woman two, as a springboard to do things differently yeah you've got to I, I don't know how you work for dc warner brothers and you're looking at what's happening with avengers mm-hmm. you're looking at the billion dollars they made quickly <laughs> and you're not saying we should do this we pivot. should do something similar pivot because we any, could make a billion dollars too any you have the most marvel <laughs> made a billion dollars on the b team on black widow <laughs> on like on the you B-team. have superman batman wonder woman the trinity yeah and you made less money in your full theatrical run yeah. than Avengers did in three weeks. Yeah. I, Domestically. Dom- oh, God. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So, but Wonder Woman 2, legitimately excited. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Even though it still had, the third act was still a big battle in the dark, in the rain, with a CGI villain. The rest of the movie was, was solid. Really fun. And it took place during the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. So. Yeah. Who knows what. Uh. Speaking of Marvel's missteps, oh. the Inhumans. Oh yeah, officially got canceled. Not surprised. To a resounding that show was still on. <laughs> not surprised. It was. It did not work. When they officially announced that earlier this week, mm-hmm. seriously, so many blogs were like, "Wait, did it ever? Did it start? Yeah. Like, I thought, did they do episodes? I thought it got canceled already. I was Everybody surprised. did. Yeah, I thought it already got canceled. They did. I think six episodes. Yeah. And they were on a break. Mm-hmm. And literally everybody forgot about it until just now. Let people forget about it. Yeah. Just ignore. Do not make a big announcement. Sorry, but Inhumans is canceled because then you have every blogger and think piece being like, "Wait, what? When?" Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it was crap. So that terrible. Medusa cut her hair and all in the life. first episode. Why is she cutting her hair? <laughs> the one power she has. Is she? They cut her hair. She's walking around with like a really cute pixie cut. I appreciate right. it, but uh, no. But not like Snod Latham's shaved no, head. No, no, she, she's not that. But it, yeah, so it got officially canceled. Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, moving along. John Favreau's Star Wars TV show. Yes. Uh, was announced that it is going to take place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Oh, interesting. So three years after the battle at Endor mm-hmm. is kind of when things are going to kick off. Do we know what characters he's? Nope. Okay. Uh, all we know is that he's going to be doing some heavy CGI because after Jungle Book, he realized, hey, this stuff is great. Yeah. I no longer need actors. I just need a bunch of people right. in the tech department. He's a really good director. He knows how to make a movie. Yeah, he's a good director. So this TV show, which is a different kind of gear mm-hmm. that we see some people take a misstep. Right. I just, 
I'm going to be interested because again, you're starting to fill in these little gaps, Mm -hmm. but how, how do you layer that successfully while still being like, okay, but in this movie, do they ever mention anything that happened here? Or is it going to be so out of, you can do both, you know, place. You can do both. You don't have to, but you can do both. I think they've gotten smarter with doing that in television shows, whether it's, you know, um, the, the Marvel shows referencing mm-hmm. the films. Yeah. Um, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does that. But so you can do it. You can reference it. Because, I mean, we're talking about, what, 30 plus, almost 40 plus years of history. Yeah. It's easy just to reference. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be like a fine point in the storyline. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be plot points. I just wonder. Yeah. So you're gonna, what, but you're going to mention places and, and, and planets and people. Yeah. And I just I hope that it is a story not connected to the Skywalkers. Yes. Because in this period between <laughs> Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, you could easily focus on just the Jedis and just Luke building right. the Jedi Order, building no. the... But so I, I hope it is just some side characters yeah. because again, come up with your own characters and you can do whatever you want. Do whatever in the want. Star Wars universe, go all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for it though. Yeah. Uh, the only thing Star Wars related that I'm not super excited about because I'm real worried is Solo. I'm not at all. People seem to love it. It's got a oh, lot. Yeah, the, of, the world premiere was uh, last a, week. I have not heard anything bad about it. A lot of very positive. It was a world buzz. premiere though. A lot of people who I trust opinions okay, said very good things about it. Okay. And they wouldn't. They wouldn't otherwise. They would, they would be honest about like it. Because you and I yeah. both know, being in in and around this as long as we have been, the first time people see a movie yeah. that has Star Wars in it or yeah. something like that, they freak out. Yeah. So we will see. I I am hesitantly excited. Oh, but yeah. I, I mean, I had I had concern, but after some people who I trust were like, "No, it's pretty solid." I was like, "All right, cool." I just want Donald Glover to be good enough to get a Lando movie. Uh, they said he steals the show. Of course he does. So, because and I'm not surprised. By remember that all of the reports that Alden yeah. Eichenreich or yeah. Alden could not act. Apparently he's fine. So we apparently will see. he's fine. We'll see. He's not. He's he doesn't hinder the movie, which is all you want. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and then the last bit of geek news. So the GI Joe movie franchise. Gosh, which it's not even a franchise. It made so much money for being terrible movies, but. The greatest G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. Snake Eyes. Love Snake Eyes. They optioned him, or not optioned him, <laughs> they propositioned him. Yeah, right. They announced that they're basically just moving forward with just a Snake Eyes movie. How does that work? He doesn't talk. No. It's going to be like Mr. Bean with Katana Blaze the whole time? Uh, I am going to Photoshop that as soon as we get done recording. He doesn't <laughs> talk. So what are we doing? Who are we following? Um, Is it a silent film? Give it to me. Oh, my God. Give me a G.I. Joe. black and white, silent, thick ass film. They will never do that. They don't no. have the balls to do that. No. The, the amount of money you would need to do that is someone's going to be like, we need some dialogue. But I would I would watch the hell out I of that. Would, I would be so on board. You could do all kind of blood and everything because it's all black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. The Kill Bill thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like a solo mission, like a 90-minute Snake Eyes mission. I'm on He's board. going to break out. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, I was yeah, never I allowed to watch G.I. Joe as a kid. Yeah, you told me that. That's so, crazy. I had to watch it later mm-hmm. um so my appreciation for that and I, I picked up the comics you know right, later right, and everything right. uh snake eyes is 100 percent the best snake part eyes of gi joe great so um, if he's not talking they're gonna have to surround him with people who do talk oh yeah so we're gonna get a goofy funny sidekick we're gonna get Ugh. storm shadow better be in it because <laughs> it gotta be in it because if not 
then you literally just have a Snake Eyes solo movie, yeah. not connected Storm to the other Shadow's movies. Shadow's probably in it, but you know, yeah. I just I like. I hope Ray, <clears throat> I hope Ray Park comes back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Park is He's is great. great. I, I love him just as a as a martial artist yeah. who is also an actor, right. uh, and not an actor trying to do martial arts yeah. like we see. Yeah, tell a cool story though. It's gonna have to be probably a solo a mission of him doing something without the Joes. Yeah. Just give me give me a G.I. Joe movie universe where they're just as silly as they were in the cartoon. Yeah. Give me a Serpentor movie. Give me a shipwreck movie. No. A dude with a pair. <laughs> no, shipwreck movie. Uh, give me shipwreck. Don't give me shipwreck. I don't want to watch a whole shipwreck. A roadblock movie. movie. That sounds racist. Um Who plays Roadblock? Terry Crews? I think Terry I think he Oh no, no uh did who did The Rock play? Did Not, he play? some random non judge Oh, guy. okay, okay. But yeah. So Snake Eyes is getting his own movie. I'm down for it. I have no idea how they're going to do that without him talking. Yes. If they make him talk, the movie is dumb. Like if he utters a sentence, I remember they, they did that with the first Judge Dredd movie. Yeah, because he keeps his mask on all the time, and Salone was like, "Nope, I'm taking this mask off, and I'm giving lines." And Carl Urban, Carl Urban. in the much better which Dredd needs a movie. sequel. That movie needs a sequel there or a TV few, show. There are very like, few films I watch. I'm like, this needs a sequel. Yeah, Dredd. If you've never seen Dredd, so good. It's first of all. Nah, I'm not a proponent of drug use. But that slow-mo drug looked amazing. I, like, I get why people take this drug. Yeah. It and, cool. and especially in the theater. Yeah. Like, it was a yeah. great, it was a simple a simple concept. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. He cool understands action. the character. Yes. And he has been, I mean, he talks yeah. about it frequently. He was like, we just need a, a production company. I think that film was just five to seven years too early. If it comes out now, it's a much bigger hit. Yeah, with like the, yeah, the I think success so. of Deadpool and stuff, like it's a Oof. much stronger yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go watch Dread if you've never seen it. It's fun. If you sure. like action, yeah. Avoid the two GI Joe movies, except just go on YouTube and find the Ray Park scenes yeah. with Snake Eyes. Right, the fighting uh, on the mountain. God, oh, <laughs> the movie is so terrible. Dumb. Uh, but Snake, like of all of them, like he had the most distinct costume. Yeah, like the weapons made sense. Mm-hmm. The problem with the GI Joe movies. In the comics and in the cartoons, they were super unique and weird and different. Right. And the movie was just a bunch of bros in different camouflage. Right. The the first one had more of the comedy, but it wasn't yeah. good. The second one just was like, just dismissed all of it. And it was The Rock running around. Mm-hmm. Of course it was. <laughs> of course <laughs> being, being, it was. And I love The Rock, but it was The Rock running around being The Rock mm-hmm. for two hours. Yeah. And like they messed up. They finally, they had... Cobra wrong in the first movie. Oh yeah, they had him. It was played by what's his name? Who um, <laughs> was it? I, I love the guy. Um, not Hugo Weaving. No, what's his um, name? Um, why are we spacing on his name? I'm blanking right now. Hold on, let me pull up the IMDb machine. I'm spacing on his name. Who played Cobra? He's like a big time actor, and he played Cobra. Jeju, the Rise of Cobra. Oh, God, that's the second one, right? <laughs> no, that was the first one. Jojo Retaliation. Oh right, God. Was the, was the second one. God. Uh, Christopher Eccleston was Destro, yeah. which just bothered me that like we finally got a Destro like at the end. Yeah. Uh, cover of Storm Shadow. Uh, Heavy Duty. Oh yeah, Adewale. Yeah. Um, Doctor Mindbender was Kevin O'Connor. General Hawk, Snake Eyes. Who was? Uh, I don't even know. Anyway. No, what? Um, What's his name? The guy who was in... Because um, I'm trying to... like, 
does not even he, list. I I'm, I'm can see his face. I can't think of his name. Card. Uh, hey, can, uh, hold on. I can uh, see his face. This is amazing content as uh, we scroll right through now. IMDb trying to find the name of the person that... Uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, right. Right. Gosh, I forgot about that. It was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ugh. He played... <laughs> he, play, <laughs> he played Cobra. He said, and he said, or he, kind he says, of. You can call me Commander at the end. Uh, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so Joseph terrible. Gordon-Levitt. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He needs more work. Just not anywhere. Just not, yeah, that. not G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, who knows about that? Uh, okay, so on to the movie reviews mm-hmm. for this episode. Uh, how about you kick us off? Oh, what, with we, what am I kicking off? Deadpool 2. Wow, Deadpool 2. Yeah. It is the sequel to the uh, very successful R rated Way more successful adaptation. than anybody thought it would be. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds reprising his role as Wade Wilson slash Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It takes place sometime after the first movie, and we pretty find, soon after. Pretty yeah. soon, we find Deadpool is pretty much around the globe mm-hmm. doing these hits. Um, something happens, and he finds out he needs a an X Force family to save this young boy who is being abused by mm-hmm. these sort of mutant hating people. You know what's funny? They've done that better than the X Men movies. Like this little Seriously. sequence of like this home for mutants that is actually abusing them. I was like, yeah, this should have been the X Men movies. It's not. Anyway, no. Uh, so so he 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 needs to save this boy from Cable, played by Josh Brolin, who's mm-hmm. traveled through time to kill this kid. Um, so because he, of things that that character, or that, because of that things that boy becomes, becomes in later. the future. Yeah, because of this messed very, up school. very very much like Looper. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, so he formed this X-Force group uh, with a bunch of different people, including Domino, played by Zazie Beetz. I knew you were going to name her first. She's, she's great in it. She is. She's great. And she is easily the most developed member of yeah, the uh, team. Of, of the X-Force. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just pretty much, that's the movie. They go on a mission to save this kid mm-hmm. and fight Cable. Yeah. And it's got all the stuff from the first movie in it. All the humor. Man, strap yourself in for a reference fest. Oh man, it's, it is... A lot of breaking the fourth wall. A lot, but... A lot more than the first one. Way more than than the first one. I think because, again, one thing that they have kind of in their pocket that is different than any other movie, kind of how we mentioned, or I mentioned it was South Park. Right. The fact that your main character has a mask on Mm -hmm. means that basically you can make this movie as current as as soon as it leaves the editing bay. Right. Ryan Reynolds can come back in the studio, Mm -hmm. do some voiceover, and make a reference that is relevant to as soon as that ed- that final edit was yeah. done. Very topical. Like Extremely they topical. And that was, th- that is a huge benefit that they right. have. But to its fault, though, it's kind of all over the place because of that. I, I agree. I mean, it, it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. But it's very much like a kid on, on with ADD. It's kind of just everywhere, mm-hmm. and which is the character. But it does not help a narrative storytelling because you're always doing these weird things um, that kind of feel out of place, Mm -hmm. but they're funny. So you enjoy them. But it's like this isn't really adding anything to the movie. And there were some like deep sentimental moments in this also, which, again, were were solid. But it it also felt a little bit disjointed because it was like if we had just strapped in for a ridiculous Deadpool movie. Cool. You have that movie done. But then, there, yeah, there are these weird these moments. moments where they really try to rein it in to be like, here's a really heartfelt thing to say. And it's mm-hmm. 
that's fine, but there's going to be a dick joke like 20 seconds from now. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> or, an a- or, or, or an actual one or showing a- up on screen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that. Yeah. Uh, one of the jokes kind of about the first one when people were watching it, just like, yeah, every joke is like set up and then look at my balls. Yeah. With this one, before the movie even started, mm-hmm. there's a ball joke. There's a ball joke. It's def- like it's on the big screen. It's meant for like Snapchat middle school filter. boy humor. But Except no, that was exclusive to the press or yeah. like the early screenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that's I mean for what it is, it's super entertaining. Of course, and like a lot of fun. I did, was not bored. You know, it takes a little bit to get going. A little bit, yeah. A little bit of like, okay, now we're we're off. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of Deadpool stuff, and they're sort of trying because they're trying to build this narrative, so mm-hmm. they have to have some sort of foundation. So the first 20, 30 minutes is like this foundation of a story they're trying to tell about where our character is at because like the 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 actual credit for the, like this says deadpool 2 shows up like mm-hmm. i forgot we hadn't oh, seen man. it and it shows up late into way the movie. late i was like oh this is all leading up to the the movie and then we meet we meet the character and yeah but yeah lots of fun callbacks mm-hmm. really really cool post-credit scenes really funny i mean people are saying it and i i have to agree with it even though it is kind of cliche this is the best post-credit scene or well scenes yeah that we've seen in a long time. But what was ridiculous is, so there are, there is more than one, but there's not something at the very, very end like there right. was in the first one. Right. So what is funny is we sit there, we see the, the first kind of two, right. uh, you know, early and then a mid. We sit through everything. Nothing. The very last credit rolls and we were kind of waiting and then just the theater lights start to come back on and people were like, oh, and it was like, you just got two yeah. post-credit scenes that were absolutely incredible. What more do you want, people? Yeah. It's fun. I think because there's a fun and a humor attached to the character that people enjoy, even if the mm-hmm. movies aren't amazing, that's, right. that people want more of. It's kind of... you Because, know, you, I mean, as, as predictable as the story is, what he's going to say or do or, mm-hmm. or what reference he makes, you don't really know what's coming. Yeah. And I liked how right off, right off the front, like in the beginning, he addresses, of course, in the context of the movie... That the movie is rated R. Yeah. Because we saw this in the first Deadpool. Right. It was a rated R movie. And yet so many parents were like, I took my kids to see this. It's going to happen again. This is a rated R. Like, even if it looks like a comic book movie, in what world do you think? All right, this is a comic book movie. Rated R. No, I'm sure it's just like. People don't look. People don't look at the ratings. Come on. You'll be surprised. Like, it blows my mind. Uh, it's going to be fun to see people, you know, this weekend, like, complaining about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, one huge improvement from the first one to me. So, David Leach, uh, yeah. or Leitch, directed this one. He is a former stuntman mm-hmm. and director. He directed parts of John Wick, yes. Atomic Blonde, the action in this, which I was... I mean, the action in the first one was frenetic and it was kind of crazy, but the actual fighting yeah. was not that great. Yeah. The fight scenes in this, like the choreography, was incredible. Yeah, it's much it's much better, and it's it feels more fluid. And yes, the actual action pieces are really good. The, the first one didn't have a lot. It had like the the final yeah. fight on the ship. There's a lot of like um, gunplay yeah. and everything. This one has like hand to hand combat throughout the entire thing yeah. with multiple characters of different sizes, strengths, abilities. Uh, for whatever reason, Cable apparently hates arms. Mm-hmm. If you noticed, his fighting style is Krav Maga, but extremely focused on arms. Yeah. He snaps 
somebody's arm five different ways when the guy was already down and it was like yeah. you won yeah you, you won the fight it's, it's, a, it's a great it, i'm more, i'm really more pissed that the x-men doesn't do this stuff better our x-men films it's a really great cable there's another surprise Colossus. character in there we won't Colossus. talk about yeah no, really, we won't, but, but they do it great they do it great colossus I mean, is great colossus isn't like watching this it just is infuriating it is yeah. like watching a dc movie and being like why are they not learning lessons yeah watching this movie is like seriously yeah. just the it, concept like, of like <laughs> there are people who hate mutants mm-hmm. and this is what they do and just keep it at that that's it like and the there's, so a, the, there's a there's a prison for mutants yeah that they keep them in which also makes sense <laughs> it's in the it's in the comics <laughs> and there's none of that in there it's called the ice box right i mean yeah it's they, awesome. and they easily could have so this movie just like the first one chock full of easter eggs yeah. and everything if at some point on the ice box if they had put like genosha yeah it would have been clever totally not necessary but there were so many of those little things mm-hmm. um one is like, i will talk about a couple of them and not a bunch because yeah. keen-eyed viewers should just kind of see what they can pick apart so the main villain this just dude not some crazy super villain not some just a bad person mm-hmm. <laughs> just a bad guy uh runs this school the essex yes school for rehabilitation mm-hmm. of course nathaniel essex mm-hmm. mr sinister right that was like just those little things yeah. and they tried to do that in the other x-men movies don't worry <laughs> does not work at all right. so he just plays a just kind of evil man who hates mutants yet runs this school for rehabilitation mm-hmm. uh it was very so similar you can to rehabilitate like, it somehow <laughs> right you can fix it <laughs> yeah. you can fix your genetics <laughs> right uh but he reminded me a lot of like grace and Cre- or great and creed mm-hmm. you know like friends of humanity yes, yes very much like so. some of the visuals of him on stage where he has the banners behind him i was like again they're doing this in a Deadpool movie right. better than any of the X-Men movies right. have done. 100% better. It's, yeah, it's it's infuriating. Yeah. Some of the characters do kind of get lost. Like Negasonic Teenage Warhead right. is great in this. Mm-hmm. She has some clever lines. She does not really do much. No. She I has, think she's there just to have her friend say the same line over and Yuki, over again. Yeah. <laughs> and like she, she does more almost. Yeah. Yuki gets to say something all the time. Yeah. Which is just funny. It becomes a running joke. Running joke. No matter what's happening, she's going to say this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was good. I mean, this is easily the best Colossus we have ever had. Yes. Uh, It makes sense. Mm -hmm. But he looks incredible. They decided not to go with like the T-1000 super shiny liquid metal. And he has kind of this like matte Mm -hmm. silver gray. Looks phenomenal. Looks great. Yeah. they also did not go too much into Cable's story. They said at the beginning. But they said, like, the, and Deadpool makes a mention of it. He was like, he was like, oh, you know, this guy is Cable. Don't read his wiki page. It gets really confusing. <laughs> yeah. Don't go back and Google him. It's fine. So as much as I would have liked, because I know people are going to see this being like, who's Cable? Where is he from? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have liked a little bit more in the context of the movie to establish who he is. But having that little joke there being like, just look it up if you want to. Right. He's from the future. That's all I need to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he is not actually Jean Grey's son. Mm-hmm. That is what a lot of people think. Right. He is not. He's the son of Madeline Pryor, who is Jean Grey's clone. Right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Action was great. Uh, the villain was solid because it was just a normal dude. There is, again, another villain 
in it mm-hmm. uh, that is not really tied to that other person. So that was done really well. But it makes sense why that person would be in the icebox. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. Good we, stuff. We're, we will not go into to who that is. At what is. point did you know who it was? Oh, as soon as they showed it. As soon as they showed the container or where. Yeah. It, yeah absolutely. I, yeah, I was like. Because they actually released an image. It was like I a, thought so, Like too. two weeks ago or something. See, I thought so. I all like, it was was Colossus hitting something. And yeah. immediately people were like, is this, is this, is this? I thought so. I thought I saw that. And yeah. I was like, ah, no, they wouldn't do that. They put it up and it was deleted mm-hmm. pretty soon. But I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. The internet never forgets. And they even make a reference to a bit of his history Which as they're walking great. up to the Essex school. And I was like, this should be in the X-Men movies. And it's not. <laughs> no. The the costumes in this yeah. looked better than any X-Men movie <laughs> they have seen. Right. Yeah. So although in the new X-Men movie, uh, Dark Phoenix, oh, um, yeah. uh, they released some behind the scenes pictures and they actually, the uniforms look good. They're the black with the big yellow X on them. <laughs> Very similar to like uh, the new X-Men by Frank Quietly. They've lost me. Which is my least favorite, one they've, of my least lo- favorite They've lost me a long time ago. We'll see. Yeah. They've lost me. Uh, um, we're talking about how good Zazie Beast looks on the big screen. She, she needs to be in more movies. She looks incredible. She looks good on the big screen. Um, and I liked that her <laughs> her ability, uh, they make reference, again, yeah. they make reference to it in the movie. He was like, wait, your power's luck? Yeah. That sounds like some stupid writing that somebody would come up with who also can't draw feet. Yeah. Pretty funny. Clever. Pretty funny. Like, yeah. Pretty funny stuff. Got a, good uh, la- got a good laugh from a few people in the theater. Quite, yep. Who got the joke. Yep. Uh, the other members of the X-Force... Uh, we're done really well. The fact that Shatterstar mentioned yeah, Mojo, World Mojo World yeah. had me so happy. Right. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah, Zeitgeist, Bedlam. Uh, 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 yeah, I will not they mention... They make fun of how crazy their names are. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, it, It's a really well... That whole bit with the X-Force is great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, good, good, good on... Uh, good on them. Good on yep. them. It was kind of weird to see TJ Miller as much as we did. Because yeah. he he won't be back. Ooh, new, no. and they they even said that. Yeah, they were like, right. I mean, he was so unlike. I wonder if they took out a bunch of his stuff because he's kind of is gone. Maybe. And unlike uh, Ready Player One, yeah, you can cut uh, <clears throat> cut him out pretty easily. This there is no way. I mean, like, he's he's very much there for very necessary plot yeah. point stuff, but that's it. He's not in it any extra. He's yeah. kind of not in the second act of the film. And similar to the first one. You can tell that they were they workshopped so many of these scenes, right? Like the behind the scenes or the bonus features mm-hmm. that are going to come out. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is hilarious, like legitimately right. funny, legit funny. And so I just want to hear the different lines that yeah. they came up with. So, I like that they gave Dupinder more to do this time around. <laughs> I will bathe in the blood <laughs> of your enemies. <laughs> He's great. That guy's great. So yeah, yeah, really, really good. So all right, cool. Uh, I think that is about it yeah. uh, for Deadpool 2. So the official rating system of this podcast, if this is your first time listening, there are only three choices. No letter grades, no stars. The three choices are good, bad, or ugly. A good film was something that you would recommend that you really enjoyed. A bad film was not necessarily terrible, but it was just kind of there, and you might not immediately recommend it. Ugly, avoid at all costs. So Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. Tim All the People's Critic, what you got? It's a good. If you love Deadpool and you like... R-rated comic book adaptations <laughs> is in your wheelhouse. I didn't necessarily love it as much as the first, but that's not a mm-hmm. bad thing. I think the first, 
versus lightning in a bottle yeah like, and it, really, it was like a novelty all of it's new the fact that they could even do this is all new yeah um they take some chances with some of the storytelling mm-hmm. uh, um and they leave it open for more movies which i think is i left like i'd watch this again that, I, and I, that, that was surprising to me also because i'd watch this group of people do funny stuff oh my gosh we can run the, it back the group that is there at the end yeah hundred percent. I watched that. So uh, Josh Brolin as Cable. We have not talked about him too much, yeah. but really solid. A solid Cable. Grizzled. Like, he look and he looks incredible. He looks great. Yeah. Because again, like with Thanos, you you see his facial expressions. Right. You know they did a lot of mocap, but to see just how big Josh Brolin is, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he he was solid. Right. Uh, the work they did with his arm. Yeah, it's good. And again, there were parts where he's like, there's a part when he's looking in the mirror and kind of like touching it because you can tell that it is growing yeah that was good but i understood that i think some people might not kind of get why he is worried that it is taking over his body right but yeah and they show it kind of in the scene yeah like like, it kind of like very slowly you know so but yeah Um, i mean techno organic virus is is not to be messed with (laughs) and that that cool interface he has when he's looking at his weapons yeah that was really dope i was like oh that's cool where they did it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so my official rating is also a good uh, this is not just a solid film to have a comic book film be a sequel to have that same tone between two, especially with very different directors right. from the first to the second one. They kind of caught that lightning in a yeah, bottle again. They kind of, it feels like the same kind of movie. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it gets a good, uh, moving on to a film that I saw that, uh, <laughs> Tim did not listen. I um, not. <laughs> not, not purposely i just Except, had to get, I was had to get say, some rest this movie is so in your wheelhouse though i'm i'm, I'm shocked i know you had other plans i'm all about making sure i'm I'm rested and and, and ready to go so that, that that i had it to pass yeah the movie is breaking in mm-hmm. starring gabrielle union uh directed by james mcteague uh wait who wrote it so it was written by ryan engel what else did he write click, uh, click and read his imdb and see what else he wrote wait do we do we need to do yeah, that yeah you do because it's important Mm. I listened to the MTR <laughs> network. I listened to Chris and Phenom. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Do a review of this film. And they mentioned the stuff that he written. And I thought it'd be very important to read on your show. Okay. So Ryan Engel, uh, has he did a couple sh- shorts and did a screenplay. Oh, that's nice. What else? Uh, the Commuter. The Commuter. <laughs> from last year. <laughs> Lock that in. That uh, classic. Rampage. Rampage. This guy <laughs> is two for two. <laughs> uh breaking in uh, uh and yeah. then uh yeah yeah untitled ben 10 project he's done the commuter and rampage <laughs> but james mcteague wow the director <laughs> wow <laughs> also does not have a ton of directing credits yeah uh he directed a couple episodes of sense eight it's not a bad show not a bad show uh <laughs> that they are finally giving them the chance to wrap up good uh he directed ninja assassin from 2009, which... Not a bad movie. Pretty dope. Like, pretty super fun. violent. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Super like, violent. I was never more thankful for having arms Yeah. after watching this You're going to lose your arms. Whew. Lots of people getting arms. Yeah. Uh, And he also directed V for Vendetta. So... Yeah. So, James McTeague has, has some hits or misses. Uh, hits and misses on his... Oh, we're going to get to his, hits and misses later on in the episode. Uh, very true. And we are. Uh, but he also is the second assistant director, additional photography unit for Dark City. Okay. Go ahead, throw that out there. I love that movie. Of Never gets the credit that it deserves because it came out right on the same time as The Matrix. Yeah. And then it just got stomped on. Yeah, I remember that. So, okay. So, Breaking In 
Um, you know how I love my IMDb synopsis? Oh, God. They're so off. A woman fights to protect her family during a home invasion. That's as simple <laughs> as you can make it. <laughs> that, is, that is it. Okay. Um, but this movie has a twist. Ooh. She is not in the house and they're trying to break in. She is outside of the house trying to break in herself. Okay. Do they need her? Do, do they need her to get something in the house? Why is she still alive? So this movie, first of all, I will get to my official rating later. This movie is dumb. Okay. Like real dumb. But as Tim and I have talked about before, every now and then you like a dumb movie. Right. Like it can just, it can be dumb, but entertaining. This one, they go to this house that was her dad's and her dad has passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, They layer in a subplot where her dad apparently was some like drug dealer that the DEA or the DEA, the DA was after Mm -hmm. you get maybe two minutes of that. That he lives in this like house in the middle of nowhere where she grew up with horses, but he has four million dollars in a safe somewhere in the house. So these guys are breaking in to get the four million. So the guys are yeah breaking in to get the money. Did need her to get the four mil? No. So why is she still alive? So they do not know exactly where the safe is. So need her to find the safe. I guess, but when you first get there, she when they mention the safe like she acts surprised that there is one there so why not just kill her because since she grew up in that house from the time she grew up and apparently there's this bad childhood and like you get none of that dope man dad was not a good dad huh but apparently like he was a high-ranking drug dealer he was this is a like super nice house so when they go into the house and he has this crazy security system with cameras literally in every room motion sensors and she was like oh there have been some changes since i lived here okay oh gosh so sounds painful and then she has these couple kids uh but yeah so basically bad guys show up mm-hmm. while she is outside taking a phone call uh and then the t- kids are inside yeah so the kids are inside who know nothing mm-hmm. but there that is the bargaining chip that uh billy burke the bad guy okay uh shout out to billy burke he is a local listen i like billy burke yeah he is great he pretty all pretty much plays the same character every time he has the same tone yeah, of voice right. in every role he does he does and same delivery method but yeah he grew up around here he did some theater here in seattle Good for him. um so his his cast of characters for his this crack team mm-hmm. of specialists right. he has a dumb bleach blonde guy who was dating the secretary to her dad and that is how they know he know about, about the safe okay okay Billy Burke is the leader. Uh, you have the generic guy who knows how to get into the safe. Okay. Same cracker then, guy? Yeah. And then a completely unhinged, unkillable Mexican you, you gang You gotta leader. have the unhinged guy in the crew. <laughs> someone, someone to shoot somebody when you need to. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this guy is such a caricature. Uh, played by Richard Cabral. Mm-hmm. Plays Duncan, which is not the name you'd associate for a Mexican drug dealer, but sure. He's a drug dealer as well? We think so. Like, he was doing a long prison sentence. He has a bunch of prison tats, which actually I looked up the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are real. Like, he has a lot of tattoos. Right. Does he try to rape anybody? He has a very, very uncomfortable scene. Yeah. That's the guy you need in the movie ugh. to do that. Like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Very uncomfortable. Uh, but he... It's funny. I haven't seen the movie, but I imagine that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. But he is just <laughs> like... Yeah, guy. so he is totally unhinged crazy eyes the whole time mm-hmm. will kill anybody at any point drop of a dime just i'm murdering you for no reason yeah, like, like that guy look at somebody while he is doing it and you're like yeah 
okay. But Billy Burke the whole time was like, well, you know, he's just, he is who he is. And it was like, your boy just murdered. Like what? Who did they, do they kill anybody? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he plays the, just the unkillable mm-hmm. member of the group. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing in these movies, zombie land said it best. Mm-hmm. Double tap. Double tap him. He yeah. Double tap that guy. If you know that these people are crazy mm-hmm. and they have invaded your home and you knock them down and then you run away. No, no, yeah. you knock them down, drop a safe on their head, yeah. do something to completely incapacitate them. Yeah. So through so many contrivances, mm-hmm. Gabrielle Union has to get in the house, but then there are points when she does get in, then they run away, but then she comes back. Hmm. Not even joking. They go to and from the house no. seven times. Oh, that's a waste. It makes no sense whatsoever. Wow. The action is stupid. The characters are dumb. Mm-hmm. The unnecessary, creepy, unhinged killer of the group. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the doe-eyed blonde guy who's like, maybe we should just leave, guys. Maybe, you know, Why are you on this team? Right, because he knew about the safe. At that point, you get them to the house and be like, okay, oh, bye. Yeah, I've done my job. Just cut me in, whatever, later. Right. I'm going home. So, just how, rid- ridiculous. How's Gabrielle Union? She deserves better than this movie. Yeah. She is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She is smart. She, for some reason, goes from like zero to pseudo MacGyver. Um, Did they explain that? Nope. Because uh, that is the thing is when you saw the trailer for this and you see her kind of, you know, working on some stuff and you're like, all right, maybe her dad was a seal. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe her dad, you know, she was only kid and he wanted a son and maybe he want, you know, to so train her to be like a badass. Right. Nope. Like Thanos. Nope. Uh, she, <sighs> she just starts doing stuff out of nowhere. Maybe she read a book. Maybe she watches, you know, Bell, Bear Grylls or something. I don't know. Maybe. But she is really great in this. There's a scene where. She is terrified. The camera just sticks on her the whole time. She goes from terrified to then resolve Mm -hmm. in like 60 seconds. And you're like, oh, snap. Like that was like the fifth time she had to get back in the house after she was already in the house. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a (laughs) a terrible movie. So this is the movie. Like if it is on Netflix, Mm -hmm. you could be watching, you could be watching this and like cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is enjoyable. It's under 90 minutes. Under 90 minutes, which generally... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not a good sign it's just straight to it huh? yeah uh but yeah so well that was a problem like i thought it would be 10 minutes in they would just go right in now it was like 20 oh, 25 of her going to the house and wandering around the house wandering on the house and her kids yeah. being like wow you grew up here yeah yeah Ugh, that's yeah. like a pain so my official rating for breaking in starring gabrielle union uh bad real bad not an ugly because she is great in it and she deserves better than this movie. Okay. But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she, she needs better projects. I like Gabriel Union. Yeah. So, all right. So that was, uh, that was breaking in. Uh, Wait, did you give your rating? Yeah. Bad. It's a bad. 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 Okay. <laughs> For sure. Bad. So bad. Uh, Life of the Party, which we both had a chance wow. to see. Life of the Party. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it stars Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. and she plays this woman named Deanna who, D-Rock. <laughs> Mm-hmm. who uh gets divorced from her husband yeah. and decides to go back to school with her daughter mm-hmm. so she's going back to school and trying to graduate and make something of her life after being divorced and sort of 
giving up her life to be a mother, a full-time mom to mm-hmm. her wonderful daughter. And it's that's the movie. Yeah. By wonderful daughter, you mean an actress who is terrible. She's not very good. She is bad. Like, it was rough. Okay. I, I have something to say. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it's controversial. <laughs> Here we go. I don't think Melissa McCarthy makes good movies. Wow. Hot take. <laughs> not a hot take. Like, so... <laughs> If if you would kindly go to her IMDb. Okay. All, all right. right. So let's start with Bridesmaids. And I want you to read all of the movies <laughs> after Bridesmaids. And just give me, I don't want to sell your opinion. Mm-hmm. Give me your opinion on which one of these movies you think is good. All right. So Bridesmaids. Okay. Bridesmaids. Uh, Wait. So Bridesmaids are good on your list. Yeah. Okay. We're Bridesmaids are good. Yeah, solid. We've got one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not counting the Penguins of Madagascar, okay. the TV series. Okay. This is 40. Mm, no. Okay. Identity Thief. Is that strong? No. The Hangover Part Three. Nope. Nope. Uh, the Heat. Yes. It's good. Her and Sandra Bullock. The, oh, okay. That one was hilarious. Okay. So we got two. Okay. Tammy. Never no, saw. Said no. Saint Vincent. It's a no. Spy. Spy had funny Spy. moments. Spy. I like Spy. So that's three. Three. The Boss. No. no. Uh, TV series. Uh. She was in Central Intelligence as Darla. Oh, yeah, th- at the, the end. end. At the end of the yeah. No, I'm not counting that. No. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was, but no, I thought a no. Yeah, no. Uh, TV, 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 and the Life of the Party. Yeah, not a lot of hits on that list, but somehow we talk about her in this rarefied era of of comedians, and these movies aren't good. They're not good. She has more misses than hits. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah, the thing with and the, I like Melissa McCarthy. That is the thing. These I, just aren't good projects. It reminds me of, let me see, uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Justin Timberlake on SNL is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like he has great comedic timing. He grew up a Disney Channel kid, so I mean, that that works for him. Mm-hmm. As a movie star, no, Justin Timberlake's movies suck. <laughs> they're not good. In time. In t- Man, that, I like that concept. That stupid baseball movie. Oh, uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, some, the Guru. The, gu- the, lo- the Love, love Guru. guru. Uh, that movie he did that uh, they thought was going to be a smash Alpha hit. Alpha Dogs. Alpha Dogs. That, that uh, Wonder Wheel movie that thought was going to be a smash oh, hit, man. but Me Too got them out of yeah. there. But Ian, like, you watch him yeah. on SNL like on his sketch comedy show, mm-hmm. great. Like yeah. It totally fits. Melissa McCarthy on SNL. Yeah hilarious i mean she did she was part of the groundlings i think for a while so like that i think is her wheelhouse she's funny she is really funny but these movies one of my big problems with this movie and almost all of hers Mm -hmm. you can tell and this was directed by ben falcone her husband and frequent collaborator and and an uber driver in this movie and (laughs) that was that was Mm -hmm. funny uh that was clever moment you can tell that they will start with the script. They will do the, the cold read, or, right. you know, like the regular one. They will probably do 50 other takes <laughs> and just kind of pick which one they like the best. Yeah. There is a scene in this movie there in the racquetball court. I think it is in one of the trailers where Melissa McCarthy and Maya Rudolph, who is great in this. Right. Love Maya Rudolph. Uh, Melissa McCarthy hits Maya Rudolph right in the crotch with the racquetball. That scene goes on for like seven minutes. Yeah. And the whole time they're like, my Rudolph was like, oh, it feels like a fire that started here, blah, blah. But they're kind of tripping over each other right. because you can tell they wanted to do the next line of improv. Right. But it was just, it was, it was stilted. 
Yeah, it's not very good. So, it, but, and the movie is uneven in so many ways. <laughs> yes. Like, it opens. I knew it was a problem during the opening scene when they're oh, dropping great. their daughter off to school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that she's a freshman and she's a senior? She's a senior. Yeah. And the drop off is like they're dropping off their daughter for her first day yeah. of college. I'm like, why does it feel like this? And then she was like, she's like, but you're so far. And she was like, mom, it's 22 minutes away. Yeah. She's like, that's too far. That's too. Far. She's a senior. She's been doing. You she's just, 21. Yeah. Because she is drinking. She's drinking legally. Yeah. With her sorority sisters, twenty one years old. The, the fact that 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 D in this movie is supposed to she's like this outgoing spirit who talks to everyone, Everybody. who befriends everyone. Mm-hmm. But one of the big things is she's afraid of public speaking. She has this. She can't talk in front of her class. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No. You were riding through campus on your bike, literally saying hi to everybody. Every single person. Walking in a room full of sorority girls you don't know and having full on hey, conversations. Blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And now you get in front of your class and you can't do it. The class led by your friend, your from friend, college. yeah, from college, like, yeah, yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, uh, the so this group of sorority girls that, of course, she joins the sorority. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, have this rival, and the thing is, like, it was not even a rival sorority. It was just two chicks. It was like two yeah. mean girls who were terrible. They looked sixteen. They look like they feel like they're from a different movie. Yeah, it like feels like they were the in Clueless. <laughs> yeah, it's like something from the nineties. Like straight up in Clueless. They look way younger than everybody right. else. And it makes no sense. It makes like, no sense. Why they, why they even needed the mean girls in that? Like, just have Melissa McCarthy. And they're mean until they're not mean anymore. <laughs> like, snaps. Oh, we're not mean anymore. And just like the, the daughter, right? There's that scene, that sequence where uh, Deanna has done something to embarrass her daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, first of all, terrible daughter, by the way. Yeah. Um. And then she's like, oh, I'm embarrassed by you. She doesn't want to talk. She like walks past her mom. Mm-hmm. She runs she's up. She's been ignoring her for like a week or she, so. She catches up to her and she's like, I'm leaving school, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, no. Immediately stay. changes. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like two <laughs> seconds ago, you didn't want to talk to her. Now you want her to stay. It's uneven. And, all, and like, okay, if we're taking this movie to be what's happening, mm-hmm. their dad is oh, an a-hole. man. Great. He, Played by Matt Walsh, who's great in it. But he like, kicks her out the house, mm-hmm. won't pay her tuition, and the daughter seems to be Rolls completely with chill with all of this happening. She never has anything negative to say about her dad. Never. Not to the man who like told the mom that they were yeah. getting divorced just as the they wedding. drive away. In the like, wedding scene. She's yeah. at the wedding. Are you just at the wedding, just dressed up with your boyfriend? Yeah, uh, and then of uh, course there's the there's the necessarily super young hot love interest. Yeah, who's, uh, what's his name? Matt. Bauer. Oh, well, of course, the name is Jack. Yeah, but Luke Benward. Luke Benward, who who's yeah, fine in it. But like he again, like that trope is he is funny, but yeah, he totally so, falls for her. Very graduate style, yeah. you know, like where he's like, oh, you're the most beautiful woman. Blah blah. They have all this like crazy sex yeah. everywhere. Right. Well, this movie and I, so dumb. I'm not sure if I coined this this phrase. Please do. Uh, but if not, then I'm I'm doing it right now. This is a mom com. It is lots of mom jokes. This is something where like my my sisters who are moms or like my friends who are moms like who are at that right age like that 35 and up mm-hmm. are going to think this movie is hilarious. Ah, I don't know. Like a, all of the mom jokes, yeah. like the Maya Rudolph stuff, yeah. like the. Maya Rudolph is great. Uh, she but, is so good. But here's, here's, the, here's the problem with, with the film. So it should be this movie about this mother-daughter reconciliation mm-hmm. and these two generations coming together on campus at the same time, mm-hmm. both dealing with their life sort of in 
the mom doesn't know what she's going to do because she has to go back to school. Right. And the daughter's leaving school and is not sure what she wants to do. And they're coming together. But instead, it's not any of that. Mm-mm. And because the girl who plays the daughter is so bad. So bad. She's so bad. They have zero chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yet, we see Melissa McCarthy have tons of chemistry with the other women in the movie. Everybody else. The girl who plays her roommate. Mm-hmm. The crazy goth roommate. Okay, the goth roommate She's was great. one of my favorite parts. Um, the other sorority sisters. Mm-hmm. They all have really good chemistry together. And, and it and feels those, natural. And those women are really funny. Those yeah. women are great. They're mm-hmm. really funny. Oftentimes, I think, funnier than Melissa McCarthy. Because she's just sort of stuck in this role of telling mom jokes the whole time. Yeah. And they're able to do other things. But it really... It really goes to show just how bad that actress yeah, it makes is. Her look best. Whenever she comes in, it's like walk through quicksand. You're like, oh god, here we go. Another scene where she's she's emo- she's not even really a moat. She's kind of just like, yeah, mom, we're gonna. You need to come party. Like, like when, when she confronts the Mean Girls, it was oh, like cringe worthy. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is they, they couldn't they couldn't find a better scene. The this other like, the other girl, um, Jillian Jacobs, who Coma plays girl? Helen, Coma, Coma girl? girl, like. Coma Girl's great. Man, like, because her timing, like, when she has an issue with the Mean Girls, like, yeah. like her eyes flare up, like, yeah. she, everybody else works. Yeah. And she uh, fake like she's going to a coma is the best. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was like, really funny. Yeah. Like, she, yeah, she gets, I just, this other actress, yeah, the, it, the it daughter. Feels, okay, this film feels dated because at the end when there's a celebrity person, I don't know if anyone in college yeah. wants this person showing up on campus. Like they're all very excited about mm-hmm. this concert. All these Men, twenty-one and over women yeah. are all pumped to see this person. Like, I mean, she is in the credits, so I mean, we, yeah. it's not spoiling. It would make but. sense if it was like Little Yachty or something, or right, race rumor. But no, mm-hmm. it's this singer. I'm like even like Nicki Minaj. Yeah, that would make more you sense. Know? Yeah, Cardi B. But or this something it was just weird yeah it felt like that yeah this was a script from 20 25 years ago, ago <laughs> that they were like all right dust this thing off we yeah. gotta we gotta get melissa mccarthy no we're gonna keep again. her in here it's still it's still topical it's not yeah, no she did not look good no no she really looked bad really she looked bad i was like this is not a good look for you, you i think really she's only like four foot eleven also you look really orange and really like and the the lip syncing was bad no <laughs> bad I, I, if i'm honest i think they just wanted to use that song probably to be this big finale yeah and it was even like that's, that's the heart of the film when they were there was actually a scene when they when she first appears when yeah. they're by the truck mm-hmm. so that scene they did not shoot at the same time no like there is such a dis- <laughs> like if you look yeah. between the truck <laughs> no. like you can tell there's no that, one there. that is a composite shot yeah and so i was thinking i was like are they really not going to have any interaction then they do later they, they do but it looks it still looks really weird yeah like while they are yeah. all kind of on stage and together, it, 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 I turned to when it ended because it ends on such a weird note. It just stops. It's just like <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, credits? There's yeah. not even going to be like four months later, Mm-mm. and we find them living in a home or nope. something." It's just like, oh, like it was abrupt. It was not even like a fade out. Like it was like the cut, and we're done with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it stopped, and then yeah, you and I both were like. That's it? Okay. Uh, and it here. did not even give us like the... No resolution. The central intelligence type thing where during the credits you see some of the yeah. outtakes. Like, First of all, I love outtakes. Everybody knows that. But I that's probably much better than the movie. Yeah. Those scenes that didn't work, people falling down. Yep. All the physical comedy. And Melissa McCarthy does physical comedy well, mm-hmm. but the movie, the timing of it and everything, it just it really felt like, especially with her and Maya Rudolph, who are yeah. very, very funny, they were just stepping on each other's toes. I loved the scenes of them together, but it was always kind of like a one-upsmanship. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and it was just much like Gabrielle Union. I think Melissa McCarthy needs better projects that don't paint yeah. her as like I'm the dopey overweight woman. Like give her, yeah. let her be funny. Let her just be herself and let her be funny. Like Heat, yeah. Like he Heat was worked. legitimately. She's just really like a, funny. a crazy badass cop. Yeah, that works. Make her like a crazy badass lawyer. Make mm-hmm. her like a crazy badass doctor. Make her this really funny teacher. Mm-hmm. Don't make her like, oh, the world looks down on me because I'm frumpy. Yeah, like I'm, that's old and yeah. hacky and cheesy. Like let's not do that. And anymore. her outfits were also from like thirty years ago. Oh, like she, <laughs> the mom outfit. The mom outfit. Once she, you when know, when she did the '80s thing of letting her hair down and taking that off her was glasses, hilarious. she was all of a sudden was gorgeous. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, there were, but again, there were there were funny moments. There were quite a few funny moments when she was in the bookstore and literally getting like every single thing that says the college yeah. on it. I know people like that, and so it just yeah. yeah. I thought the gag was going to be how expensive all the stuff was. Now, yeah, I'm like no. oh, she didn't get to the register, and it's going to be way more expensive than she anticipated. Yeah, no, but no, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, um, and the the tuition resolution yeah was so dumb, so dumb like you need this money by tomorrow yeah she was like <laughs> immediately dropping out of school it's a very 80s thing where we didn't understand how money worked and that was really interesting <laughs> right. it's like breaking oh they're gonna close down this unless we throw a dance party right like it's every 80s movie had that kind of trope of yeah we're shutting down blank if we don't get x amount of dollars mm-hmm. in this short time period and miraculously yeah. it happens ridiculous so but yeah the term momcom i'm definitely yeah. gonna keep using uh for other things like this where yeah it's just that trope over and over, over and again. over again for two hours so or 90 minutes or however long it lasts. um all right so uh, your official rating it's a bad it's not ugly it's just mm-hmm. a bad movie it's not yep. worth your time it's mm-hmm. i would fall asleep watching it at home it has Probably. some funny moments it so does. it's not without its humor yeah it's i just, just want the outtakes though it's just so uneven and like heavy hand with the mom jokes and there's no real chemistry it feels very stitched together yeah like they just stitched together a bunch of jokes to try to tell this whole narrative story about this woman going back to school but none of it really makes sense none of the characters motivations make sense nope. why would this dude jack be into her what's the point yeah yeah just just to get that dinner scene at the restaurant which is great which is great but i think that's the point of it it's like oh we're gonna have this really cool scene where this happens yeah um, the dad and his new girlfriend, they were funny, mm-hmm. but what's the point of them? Just to, like that whole mediation sequence is pointless. Other than to give my Rudolph oh, time to be funny. Time to be funny, yeah. Yeah. Hey, my Rudolph, you're going to shine in this scene where you're yeah. pretending to be her lawyer. Who was the uh, the mediator? <gasps> yeah. She was great. She was great. Because uh, she was all she was on um, Mad TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that scene is just to get Maya Rudolph time to be funny. Yeah. The same with the the same with the the badminton the 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 racquetball. The racquetball. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, my official rating is also a bad. Uh, it was funny enough to be entertaining, but the movie just falls apart. It's super forgettable. Oh, uh, yeah. We're right gonna forget by when it's end of the year awards. We'll be like, oh, that came out this year. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Uh, the last movie on the docket uh, is one that I saw. So. Uh, this week has been insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw six movies in the theater within six days. Good. Good for you. Um, <laughs> it was kind of crazy with three different festivals kind of going on. So the Translations, the 13th Annual Transgender Film Festival mm-hmm. Closing Night uh, film was a film from Japan called oh. Close Knit. Japan. Um, yeah. And I'm actually, I'm going to read this straight from the brochure because IMDb does not Have go anything? into the... No, no. Not really. So it says Close Knit. 
reportedly the first transgender-centered film made in Japan, mm -hmm. explores the everyday struggles of Rinku Tomo Okuda, a transgender Japanese woman, through the perspective of Tomo, a lonely, neglected youth, Rinka Kakahari, uh, seeking solace and stable home when her mother abandons her. Tomo's frustrations begin to be channeled with Rinku shares her skill at knitting. The concept of the chosen family looms large in this painfully tender and wistfully photographed tale of love in a time of great strife, which also peels back the layers of provincial Japanese transphobia. So this film was incredibly sweet. Mm -hmm. Like it was very simply yet beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. Like there, I mean, there were no like overhead, you know, sweeping shots or anything like it was just very slice of life, but incredibly emotional and impactful because you see this young girl, Tomo, um, who is very self-reliant, self-sustaining because her mom just kind of goes in these benders mm -hmm. that we are led to believe. We never really see where she goes or what she does, but we see her come home at one point and she was just throwing up. Right. And so she just abandons her daughter frequently. Wow. So she goes to live with her uncle and her uncle's partner, uh, who is a trans woman. Mm -hmm. So they form, I mean, that is her uncle. So I mean, like, you know, she grew up with them, but they form this family. And like it talks about like that chosen family, which in marginalized communities, be it in the trans community and the LGBTQ community in the ethnic community, mm -hmm. having that chosen family can be life-saving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We choose our families for real. Um, and so it was, it was lighthearted in moments mm -hmm. uh, as she is kind of as Tomo, the, the young girl is just kind of going through her school day. There is a boy that she is in school with and he is also struggling because he is looking at another boy in their class. I think I get the grades a little bit mixed up with Japan, just how they mm -hmm. kind of number things. I want to say this is like fifth or sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, so he is looking at this boy mm -hmm. and talking about like how is, how it gets tingly like in his chest when he thinks about him. Mm -hmm. And it is just really sweet. This is all subtitled. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent subtitles all, all in Japanese. Um, this theater that I saw it in, that the Ericsson Theater. Where is that at? Uh, right behind the Egyptian. I had never been to it before. Yes. I've um, seen it. I've never <laughs> been to it. Like, yes. Yeah, this is a really yeah. cool little theater. I think that is where Velocity Dance uh, Troupe performs. But so yeah, this little theater, this theater was wrecked. Wow. Like there were people literally on either side of me, front, back, mm -hmm. bawling. Okay. Because the issues that it deals with, with not just the chosen family, mm -hmm. but those very, very traditional Japanese values mm -hmm. where there are certain scenes where uh, Rinku just kind of is accepted and just kind of goes with everything. There's an incredibly heartbreaking scene where people really start to kind of be, well, not necessarily be mean, but like they're talking to Tomo, the little girl being like, why are you with that weird person? Right. Like she's not normal, blah, blah. And Tomo has this great moment where this is in the grocery store. She grabs some dish detergent and just starts squirting the lady mm -hmm. <laughs> and just basically like, attacks this woman because she, in her head, in the mind of a child, like this woman, this trans woman has been more of a mother in the past month that she has lived with them right. than her mother has her entire life. Right. So incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. very sweet. Um, one of the lines in it 
where uh, her uncle is talking about falling in love. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how did you guys start dating and all of this? And he was like, before I even knew that she used to be a man, mm-hmm. it was love at first sight. And once you fall in love with somebody, that was it. Mm-hmm. So then they just kind of build a relationship from there. It was pretty incredible. Right. And if this truly is the first movie from Japan having to do with the transgender lead or not lead, but a transgender centered story, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see kind of the next right. ones. So, awesome. um, yeah. And then knitting, like the actual like knitting and crocheting that they do plays a really funny role mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. And this is a tough one because I have no idea how somebody is going to be able to find this movie <laughs> Or like, because it came out last year, I have no idea if it is available online or it might be available on some streaming platform. Yeah, uh, I hope so because uh, it is a very very. This has a pretty good international section. That is true for foreign films. Um, so yeah, very very sweet movie. My official rating for it is is a good. Okay. Uh, it was a beautiful film, very emotional. People were just it was, it was a mess. And it was their closing night film. Yeah, closing night of the of the transgender film festival. There was an after party that I, I just I chose not to go to because this week has just kind of kind of wrecked me. Uh, but yeah, so thank you again to Sam Berliner, mm-hmm. uh, the festival director who gave me the opportunity to cover the festival. I wanted to see more of the films, but yeah, our always next year. Yeah, and you can you can look at the films and try to find them other places. I, I always recommend people do that at film festivals. Like, look, just go. And they said that at um when I was at Bombat. Like, hey, right. Just if you like what you've seen, talk about it, share it, reach out to yep. people, see if you can find them online. I found a lot of the ones I saw at Bombat. Some of them online that are really funny. nice. Well, the thing <laughs> is, especially when it comes to independent cinema right. or smaller movies like this, a retweet right. or just reaching out to them on social media and being like. I loved your film. Right. It means the world. Yeah, I sent an email to a guy who made this short film called, um, it's not called Statlink, but it's about like this Facebook thing. But I sent him an email. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey man, I saw this at a film festival. This was great. I don't know if it's ever going to get out, but this is one of my favorite short films I've seen in a while. And he, re- he sent me an email back. I was like, hey man, that means a lot. Like, awesome. I appreciate you reaching out. Um, you know, we, you know, I really worked hard on it. But he had like a contact thing on the website. I was like, well, let me send this email telling yeah. him that I, I appreciate this work that he did because it's a really smart, well-made movie. Mm-hmm. It's a short film. It's like 17 minutes, but it's really well done. Nice. Uh, and actually, that reminds me, I was sent um, a short film from one of my friends from Vancouver yeah. uh, that they just recently worked on. I've had a chance to watch it yet because, again, this week was crazy. But next week, I will give a review of a, of a short film, nice. uh, like a 13-minute short film. So, yeah. So I will put a link to Close Knit. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I will put a link to the Translations Film Festival and you right. can kind of read through. Uh, again, I talked about it last week. Going to film festivals like this is so important mm-hmm. to see unique stories of marginalized communities, to be a part of a festival like that mm-hmm. and just to sit there and see how emotional mm-hmm. people get of being like, this is my story. Yeah. I can relate directly to this. When you go to a movie like Life of the Party or Breaking right. In, you're just kind of there. Yeah. I, so yeah, I encourage people to check stuff out like that. Uh, but yeah, so it gets a good, beautiful movie. Uh, I think that about wraps it up right. for, for this episode. We talked about a bunch of geek news like Rick and Morty, Infidel, another shout out to the Infidel team. So excited for them. Reach out to them on social media. Mm-hmm. Tell them you are excited. Yeah. I've, I'm fascinated with how they do it, especially because the to art... probably read Infidel. Yes. Absolutely pick up Infidel. Like, issue three comes out today when this episode right. drops on Wednesday. Uh, 
the art is just so unique. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see kind of how they how they approach that for whatever they end up doing with it. Right. So uh, we reviewed Deadpool 2, which we each gave a good. If you liked the first one, you're absolutely going to like the second one. Right. It is so tonally the same that I, I, I'm really surprised by that because I was a couple of years in between different directors, but it, it, it is solid. Yeah. It is the best X-Men movie in a long time. <laughs> a long time. I wait, is it, Ooh, is this the best X-Men movie ever? No, X2 probably. Still probably X2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that. Man. That, yeah. It is just, it is offensive, it, but it's, it's the <laughs> it best. Is offensive how good this X-Men movie is. It's the best depiction of a world where X-Men exists. That's outside of X Mansion yep. and and Professor Xavier because I think the the, the X Men films focus slowly on that yeah. and they never really focus on the world outside that hates mutants and and what that looks like and this film represents that way more than the rest of them have mm-hmm. way more yeah um there is a slight Alpha Flight nod that was really cool yeah. um yeah keep your eyes peeled yeah, as you're watching lot. this movie it's a lot of cool. There'll be some video somewhere where someone does all the Easter eggs. It's going to be like 50. Oh, I'm sure Mr. Sunday Movies yeah. is going to be doing that. Uh, there is an amazing and really un- unexpected X-Men uh, Easter egg. Yes. That's really great. That blew me away. Got a, got a big laugh in the yeah. theater. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we both give that a good uh, breaking in. I gave it bad. The movie is just dumb. Dumb movie. It is so dumb, but Gabrielle Union is beautiful and terrific in it. Uh, Life of the Party, we both gave a bad. It is funny, but just a mess. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy needs better projects. Yeah. And then Close Knit, I absolutely gave a good. Beautiful, beautiful film. So, uh, Tim, what else uh, you got coming up? I know that Sif is... Sif is uh, <laughs> literally around the corner. So, a lot of Sif stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, interviews for Blind Spotting, mm-hmm. Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. American Animals. Um, what else? The won't you be my neighbor right that's coming all coming up and you are doing things. capsule reviews or are you kind of holding off on doing the holding full off on okay. the full reviews and gotcha. some probably some capsule for some of the stuff stuff okay um that and you know star wars and other big stuff that's coming out in the summer it all kind of sort of blends together but yeah it is pretty crazy so i cannot say or we cannot say when we are seeing solo yeah but we are seeing it before it gets released and so yeah yeah er- earlier than yeah. we thought so yeah pretty excited about that cool um as for this podcast uh yeah same thing sif is a monster and keeps every film critic in the seattle uh, in the pacific northwest very busy busy for like eight weeks because the festival runs for six they start the press screenings two weeks two before seven, yeah so it seriously is two months that all of us are just grinding doing stuff on saturdays like it's seriously yeah, so uh, this Friday, make sure to go to youtube.com slash about to review and see the interview with Sebastian Leo mm-hmm. uh, from Disobedience. Yes. Um, I might be reviewing Disobedience on the Mundane Festival with Chris Lamberth. Um, I cannot review it on my show because my show is in the Seattle market. His is in the New York market where the film has opened. No. So I think I can review it on that one. Uh, and then, yeah, Morgan Neville for uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yeah. Man, I cannot, yeah. I cannot wait to talk I about it. I can't wait to movie. talk about it. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about <laughs> it's it. It's like just, we have to wait. have a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, and then the other big thing is uh, the 48-hour film project here in Seattle, which I have been a huge just fan of. You're wearing a shirt of. right now. I'm, I actually am wearing their shirt. Um, I'm sponsoring the festival again. Nice. Uh, so I will be giving cash prizes to the four teams that do the kind of best use 
So like best use of character, best use of prop, line of dialogue, and genre. Okay. So the About to Read podcast is very, very happy to support the 48-hour film project. I love supporting independent creators. So yeah, go out there, create. I will put the link to the 48-hour film project below. Submissions are open now. So definitely get on that. And then yeah, the link for Renton City Comic Con Geek of the Year or Geek Contest will also be in the description below. So that is it for this episode, episode 108, which I say specifically because in close knit, 108 is a very key number in Buddhism that they talk about in the film. Nice. So there are 108 beads on a prayer necklace. So episode 108, it was actually kind of weird that it lined up like that. There you go. So uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, People's Critic on People's Critic on Twitter. Instagram, Snapchat, the People's Critic blog dot com. Still using Snapchat. Still, they they <laughs> updated their in, their interface, so it's a little better. Mm, Not okay. the best, but much more improved than it okay. was before. So yeah. All right, cool. And all of Tim's links will be in the show notes below. Thank you, sir. Uh, and yeah, for this podcast, you can find it on all forms of social media at about to review about to review dot com, YouTube dot com slash about to review. If you want to reach out to the show, uh, learn more about either translations or some of the other films we talked about. Uh, definitely that it is about to review at gmail.com uh yeah we mentioned of course jess earlier in the episode jess and damien from the curly nerd podcast huge shout out to them and also made in the 80s podcast. oh yeah we have two episodes we did this week we did uh karate kid nice. and we did uh lost boys okay one of those is much better than the other one uh you know which one is much mm. better Lost Boys much better than the Karate Kid. Yes, you know what I'm yeah. Karate Kid, like Daniel gets beat up until the very end. I didn't realize until that. the very and to the very end. Here is the thing: he should have lost the tournament. Head kicks are illegal. Listen, we had a whole discussion about whether or not he had been good. He would actually be good in the tournament. No, uh, Shalia disagreed. But. He would not. No, he wouldn't. No, he would. He never sparred with anybody. No, <laughs> he would get destroyed. And then the what? The way that he won the tournament was illegal. Yeah so weird good, anyway good, good for daniel though. i'm glad he i realized i had never seen i've never seen karate kid 2 oh really where they go to japan i've never seen it yeah so i need to watch that what about karate kid 3 with hillary Swank? never seen it i've it never seen it i've seen bad. the first one i haven't seen the other ones i haven't seen the next karate jaden smith oh really? i just see the jaden smith one okay yeah yeah because i love jaden smith Jane, that that one actually was solid and it actually shows him training weird yeah. imagine that <laughs> so and jackie chan who is amazing yeah so Cool, yeah, so Made in the 80s podcast will also be linked below. So there we go. On this episode, I have been joined by... Tim. And I have been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Together.